mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans. Today, we are going to be talking about training for the summer. Yep, we are. Summer's a great time. You can get a lot done. Um, Also, it's really nice to have that little uh, downtime from the academic stress that you might have. So what a topic. And it's about to be summertime. Yeah. And if you're not already out of school, it's going to happen soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming up. That's why we thought this would be good. If you'll notice, we're at a different setup today. We now have a circle table. Yeah. We are Knights of the Round Table here. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's great. You know, just doing some remodeling here in the podcast, trying to make it look a little better. Uh, I think we're zoomed in too. I think we're a little bit closer to the camera as yeah. well. I think it looks better. Yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, let us know if you like this better than the rectangle table. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Just uh, before we get started, um, you know, summertime is typically like spring sport or as we're pushing to this time of year, like collegiate spring sport uh, championship uh, season. Mm-hmm. So shout out Florida Southern uh, women's lacrosse made it to the final four nice. They're in Indianapolis right now. Uh, also, a little semi shout out to former Florida State, uh, Florida Southern uh, women's lacrosse player Danny Bursinger, who is coaching for Grand Valley State, nice. also in the Final Four. Nice, yeah, nice, 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 nice stuff. I'll do shout out Florida State Seminole softball ACC champs. Wow, wow, go Knowles, huh? Yeah. Let's go. Am I right? Yeah. That's all I know. I'm sure the rest of you are doing great, too. Also, shout out to CSUN softball team. They are in the NISC. They're, they're probably playing right now in Colorado. Um, great coaching staff over there. Great group of student athletes there. So, yeah. Cool. Go Matadors. All right. Let's talk about our topic now, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, summer. So, yeah, I think that was a... A good point is that a lot of these spring sports are kind of heading into the end of their season. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those athletes are kind of, you know, preparing for their season to end, their summer to begin, um, and and what that might look like for their training, for their practices, uh, for kind of all of those things. Um, So I know when I was in club sports, what were you going to say? Okay, go ahead. I was going to take it back to a different time, but go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say when I was in club sports, so especially when I did swimming, swimming was like year round. Like I think we had some of August off. So I did club swimming and summer swimming. So club, we had um, long course in the summer. So instead of a 25 meter or yard pool, it's 50. Um, So we were training for that. Yeah. Question from the audience here. (laughs) In Maryland, Mm -hmm. are, are the swimming pools indoor? For the winter time? For the winter, yes. Yeah, okay. And then outdoor, um, for long course, a lot of the competitions were kind of up in up in the air 50-50. Some were outside, some were inside. So, mm-hmm. like, we would either go to, I think, St. Mary's on the eastern shore of Maryland, and they were inside. Mm-hmm. Or we would go to UMBC, um, and they were outside. Or the Naval Academy, they were inside. So, it just kind of depended on where the meet was held and what their facilities had. Um, and then summer swimming was all outside. So I, my local like swim and tennis club was where I swam and coached. And, you know, it was the typical, like you practice Monday through Friday, 
and you have a meet on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes for a long course, we would have meets on the weekends. And then so we would kind of divide our time and we would do our summer meet Saturday, um, club meet Sunday. So um, I didn't really have an, a like quote unquote off season until I started running and mm -hmm. I didn't really swim uh, club club team. I swam summer, but I wouldn't necessarily practice every single day. And so we had a little bit more of an off season. We did have some training, but it, it was more of just like getting some miles in, letting your body rest, and then kind of building back up to a little bit higher mileage and higher intensity as the summer came to a close and preseason started. So um, I wish I had maybe had some more guidance during the summertime to focus on mm -hmm. some other things besides just running or maybe just swimming and focused a little bit more on the strength training side of things and nutrition, because I think that could have helped because essentially I was at one point I was playing two sports, playing, um, competing in two sports and, uh, sometimes for three different teams, I guess you might say. Right. Um, and that was a lot. Yeah. So I think that that would have been helpful in just making, my career or just my time transitioning from off season to in season a little bit more seamless. All right. Let's go into some questions here. Um, okay. off the top of my head, just based on everything you said, number one, did you like the smell of chlorine? No. Okay. Um, cause eventually it, it, like all of your, your entire wardrobe just smells like chlorine. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially it does. Right. Yeah. And you, you have to re-experience that every time you take a shower. Too, yeah. And right? it doesn't matter what you do. It's very, it wouldn't, come off okay so that right. was fun you still do not like the smell of chlorine um i don't not like it it's just a very distinct smell that oh. brings back a lot of takes memories back, right? goes yeah. right into the olfactory yeah you're like whoa yeah. um okay next question as a runner okay and you can't say swimming here okay okay as a runner what was your favorite form of cross training um it was probably different now than it was then but probably Biking or elliptical. Then or now? Then. What is it now? S strength training. Okay. Weight training. Okay. Getting jacked. Yeah. Swole. Getting yoked. There you go. All <laughs> right. Cool, cool. Um, I want to take it back to a different time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it back to your Florida State days. Okay. As a student athlete. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in the fall, heavy cross-country season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Love it. In the spring, that's more of your like distance track season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Winter too, because there's oh, indoor. Yeah, yeah. Indoor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. But coming to the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Or actually, it would probably be about this time, if not going into maybe next week for championships. Um, are regionals this weekend for NCAA? Mm -hmm. Or next weekend? Anyways. They're probably soon. So as you're getting to the end of your year or as you're at the end of your year, right, you're going into summer mm -hmm. as a student athlete. Okay. Yes. Cross country and distance track person. What were you looking forward to the most going into the summer break? I think getting a break from such high mileage. Um, mm -hmm. Although in season, I wouldn't say – it's super duper high, especially track, but I mean, it's still higher than it is. Yeah, I would figure. And your off time. I would figure track, dist your distance or your mileage during the spring season is mm -hmm. probably way less than the well, fall. Well, it depends because uh -oh. when you run cross country, um, 
and you're like a true, I don't want to say true, but if your event and track is 5k, 10k, yeah, you're essentially running longer than you are in cross country because for women, the distance yep. for cross country is 5k, sometimes 6k, usually 6k championship season. Yep. For guys, it's 8k, 10k. Yep. And then when you get into track, kind of the distance track, I would say is maybe 3k but typically it's 5k 10k mm -hmm. so essentially you could be running more distance and track than you are in cross country yeah. just in circles potentially yeah. yeah so it depends um well so, and on a probably more reliable surface correct Cons uh more consistent, consistent. Yeah. yeah surface yeah. um so i typically ran 5k so for me mileage was maybe similar mm -hmm. there were some times when maybe i would run uh the 3k and so that called for some more like uh, speed work mm -hmm. and stuff on the track. Um, but for the most part, mileage was pretty similar, mm -hmm. I would say. So it was nice for that to get a little bit of break in that sense mm -hmm. um, and to be able to also focus on a little bit more strength training because I had access to a gym at home. I had already... I guess kind of had a little bit of a background with it just because I enjoyed it. I would go with my parents um, when I was in high school and stuff and I would go and, you know, we, we would go in college a little bit um, in the off season. So I liked that as well. Um, best 5k time. Do you want to share? Do you feel oh, comfortable sharing that? I honestly don't remember. remember? I have to look it okay. up, but right. it was definitely faster on a track than on the course. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of sand on the courses that you ran on or just soft ground? Well, well I mean, because no. you're at Florida State, like, I mean, in Florida, a lot of uh, rain, so it just kind of yeah, our ground soft. I actually, in Florida State's cross-country course is beautiful. And um, it it's a mixture of, like, grass, so kind of, like, open fields that, you know, kind of uh, narrow at some point, mm -hmm. um, and crushed shell. So it's, like, a fine kind of crushed shell um, to where it's, it gives a little bit, but it's hard enough that you're not like sinking into the ground like you would maybe in sand. Um, I don't think there's a lot of sand. I think, uh, whose course was that? Alabama. There was some like loose dirt and that wasn't necessarily fun because when you kick it up, you get it in your face and your mouth. So you're saying you guys kick the dust up. Yeah. Awesome. Derm -derm. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you trained, for man, this is really turning into a cross country. This is kind of turning into an interview. <laughs> I just have questions uh, about, That's I guess, okay. the situation just as you're talking. We'll talk about off season, promise. Um, what I was going to ask about is when you're training for cross country, did you guys only run on that on the course, or did you also run on different surfaces? Mm -hmm. And did that ever play into anyone's lower leg? Um, issues or anything like that any achilles or like uh, shin splint issues yeah um of that. if you switched surfaces a lot we did switch surfaces i wouldn't say they were super different we would run on trails mm -hmm. most of the time and we would just go on different trails mm -hmm. some were clay some were similar where it was grass and crushed shells some were just kind of like the woods and dirt <laughs> um we didn't run a ton on like pavement. We would sometimes, mm -hmm. um, depending on where we were or if like the weather wasn't great and they had us just do like a campus run or a run on your own, you would just kind of go where it was close. And yeah. most of the time that was pavement. Uh, so that was for training. And then if we had like a, 
intervals or some type of like workout, like tempo run, um, 1K repeats, whatever it might be, or a time trial, we would do it on the course. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I would think that we got exposure to enough surfaces that that wouldn't necessarily cause lower leg issues. I would argue that a lot of the uh, injuries, at least from a cross-country perspective, when it came to like lower leg bone issues is probably from a over-exercising, under-fueling perspective. Uh, you think it's from a nutrition perspective? I think so. Wow, um, here we go, right into nutrition talk. Yeah, I think so. But couldn't that also have played a factor? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, all right, cool. Thanks for yeah. answering my questions. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, the only reason I ask that is because some people look forward to the summer because they're they're getting away. They're like decompressing from the rigors of their sport at the yeah. time. Or sometimes it's the rigors of um, academia or... Mm -hmm. um, maybe an off season type of program where it's kind of ramped up, you know, to a point where your body feels like I need a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, so regardless, there's like a relief of stress, right. That people anticipate and kind mm -hmm. of really look forward to, um, as I get into the summer. So I was yeah. just asking. For yeah, sure. no, I, I think those are good questions and I think people can relate. I think it also helps that people are going back to their home and something more familiar to where maybe from a training perspective, like, I don't know if you felt like this with football, but, you know, maybe you can go back to like fields that you're comfortable with or familiar with, or um, maybe you have like a route um, that you drive to the gym and it's kind of nostalgic and it's nice. Like I, I remember I grew up off of a parkway um, and a lot of people would run around it because it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of traffic it was nice and it was kind of like a good, um, a good mileage in the sense that like there were enough side streets so you could run up to like maybe 10 to 15 K if you really wanted to. Nice. Um, but like the loop itself I think was around like three, three and a half miles. Okay. Um, so I remember going home and always looking forward to running that and right. kind of being able to do that. Um, so I think that helps too. Yeah. Um, so speaking about the summertime, um, with those reduced amounts of external stressors, it's a great time, uh, like we have talked about, it's a great time to set up new habits mm -hmm. uh, from a nutrition uh, standpoint, but also from uh, training elements can be a little bit, I don't want to say heavier, but they can be more involved right, mm -hmm. with training because there's less going on, right? No right. competitions, um, not a lot of stress happening from classes and things like that. There's more time to recover, I right. guess you would say. So right. it's definitely a time to get in good work, right? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there are club sports that go. Uh, travel baseball goes in the summertime. So right. if you're on a team where you play a sport that mm -hmm. is has become year-round. Swimming. Right, right. Because yeah. you're going from high school to club, right? So we mentioned this as well. Like if you play high school sports and your club operates during your high school off season and then your high school operates during your club off season, yeah. you're basically going year round, right? Yes. Um, so obviously you're, you're setting yourself up for, you're setting yourself up for the potential of overuse injury I, yeah. because you're doing the same thing over and over again. I think that's another great reason why um, multi-sport athletes are, 
I don't want to say better, but they're they're able to experience these different elements of sports and not get into the same rut, right? Right. There there is a benefit to specializing on a skill, right? Mm -hmm. And getting really good at that skill. There's also a benefit to getting outside of that and elevating your entire athletic base. Yeah. Because you can only get as good as you can at this one skill, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially without gaining anything else on, on the side. So uh, I think it's a great time, as we mentioned, to set up some habits. So, yeah. um, and it usually takes time to make habits, um, to cement those into your, your lifestyle, right? Right. Um, so, so better to do them when you've got less stress right. in order to keep them when you go back to school. Right. Yeah. You less stress, more time. Um, and the ability to, like you said, actually form the habits before your life gets crazy. And then we have, I don't want to necessarily say excuses, but there's more of a reason to maybe make an excuse to not do it because right. you're tired, you're stressed, you're busy, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say... Um, yeah, so the the habits are important, but what maybe in your opinion or with, from a strength and conditioning perspective, what habits do you think would be most helpful for these off-season athletes? Again, whether it's, you know, they're off-season off-season or just high school off-season still playing club, but what would be your top habits that they should form when they have less stress from school and whatnot? Um I think the off season or let's say the summer portion that we got here, I think it's a great time to work on technique, mm -hmm. um, whether that be uh, speed mechanics, change of direction mechanics, um, lifting technique. I think it's great to work on those elements because you can kind of revisit that. And there's, there's nothing pressing at the time where it's like, I've got a game at the end of the week or I, I, my off season or my preseason is only a certain time frame. I think mm -hmm. it's a great time to really start off uh, reestablishing techniques, building and, and reaffirming your conditioning or aerobic base. Mm -hmm. I think those are great. That's a great time to do that, especially early on, because it doesn't take a, a lot of effort. You know, it's not it's not super stressful for your body to just go over techniques and stuff again mm -hmm. and then to go and to just build off of that. I think off season or I keep saying off season, I'm summertime. sorry, uh, summertime, <gasps> but off season in general, but like the summertime portion, it's great. Great to focus on conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you've got more time. You've got more time to recover. You probably have more time to actually train. Um, it's also a great time to work on strength, right? Mm -hmm. Strength is a great thing. Then, and it would be found, uh, like, for youth sports, for youth athletes, it's pretty foundational because at that point you're getting better at movement. Um, so get strong at the same time you're working on technique, you know, those fundamentals, and then like focus on either getting really fast or getting really explosive. Right. So just developing those things and having the time to recover mm -hmm. and also having the time to focus on those elements. That's what I think is really important. Yeah. Is to just be able to have time to focus on these like key elements that you're going to want when you go back to competitive seasons yeah. um, in there. And if you're honestly, if you're playing a club sport or something that goes throughout and you don't really have a quote unquote summer, 
um, or a lot of time, your only summer is a couple of weeks where you go on vacation with your family or you just take time off from your sport or whatever it is, then, you know, take the time off from your sport at that point. Right. But that puts more emphasis on having consistent training throughout the year if you're always playing mm -hmm. and you have to kind of figure out um, or, or I guess professionals have to kind of figure out like where that is. Right. And how to right. fit those things in, whether that's um, is that early morning? Is that before practice? Is that after practice? You know, like how, how does that fit into your schedule? Mm -hmm. So it, it's a little more complicated for people who play yeah. the same sport year round, but, but it's also just as necessary for overall, like long-term athletic development for you to continue training in whatever way it has to be done, mm -hmm. whether that's just little chunks at a time, multiple days throughout the week, or if you've got that big time off summer, like we're talking about, then maybe it's a few times a week where you're putting in, you know, a good chunk of work in as well. Yeah. Well, what that about, sense. yeah. What about habit forming from uh, your side yeah. of the table? <laughs> well, ideally people would be focusing on meeting their energy needs throughout the season. Um, so that would be, hopeful. But, um, I think in, in that summertime off season, if we're not focusing on that, or if we've kind of gotten away from that, that would be number one is to kind of recenter and focus on meeting your energy needs. Um, and then the other things that I typically recommend that often are either overlooked or they just kind of aren't even thought about would be, um, focusing on cooking skills, like basic cooking skills, especially for younger athletes. Um, there, I know I, I cooked a lot just because I enjoyed it and it was something that I was interested in. But, um, when I went to college or, or even after, and I was working as a dietitian, the amount of young kids and then just young adults that have no idea how to make pasta was crazy to me. I was like, what do you mean you can't boil water and put something in it? <laughs> I don't understand. Or, yeah. they, you know, making eggs was like the only thing they could do. So, um, and not to knock those people, but I think it's important to have basic cooking skills to take care of yourself. Making eggs. Do you mean scrambled eggs? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Because I, I would find it hard to believe that can't make pasta but they can like oh, poach an egg these or are maybe do separate sunny people, side up separate people, oh, okay, different okay. people. um <laughs> but just and you know you don't have to become like a, a five-star chef but just understanding basic cooking skills of how to make protein sources what temperature they need to be how do you know they're done how to make like five or six like basic dishes um a couple lunches and maybe a couple breakfasts um maybe learn some knife skills and there's a ton of free resources on like youtube uh and stuff so just just investing some time in that i think is really important um so kind of paired with that is finding new recipes and finding some maybe new foods that you enjoy because a lot of times i think during season or during school in other months it just becomes you know what's the fastest what's the easiest and because there's no time to kind of be creative and explore those things. Um, so those, those would be important. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a great point. And that's something that I was going to like 
ask or talk about before you brought it up because it's a great time to try new things, right? Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, what would you say? Um, make a suggestion for foods. Give me like three foods that kids don't normally eat that mm -hmm. they should try. I don't know. Yeah, come on, come on. Um, Give me some some veggies or uh, some fruit or something. Okay, Brussels sprouts. If you don't already eat them, yeah. Um, fruit. What about dragon like fruit? Maybe dragon fruit. <laughs> I feel like fruit. Fruit is probably common a lot of kids probably eat that maybe maybe a different type of protein so maybe lamb or mm. pork i feel like that's not super common ah uh, yeah yeah you can't throw pork out man sometimes what, what if they don't eat pork what if it's against um well then they can beliefs? pick something else yeah. tempeh tofu yeah i yeah that, that would be a good thing too um beets yeah definitely beets that would be a good what kind of beets there are different kinds yeah just all of them. Okay, any of them. Um, maybe in different ways mm -hmm. you can put them in things. Um, what were you talking about? Hickama. Yeah, hickama. It's like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, just those are some examples. Um, but along the lines of what you're saying of trying new things, summertime would also be a good time to experiment with like uh, pre-workout options or um, inter-practice options. Mm -hmm. So. A lot of times during season, I think I, I think I was like this in high school. I got kind of like ritualistic with the foods that I would eat, like before a meet, on a meet day, um, in between events. So it would always be like the same things. Like I remember for swim meets, I always ate those like little bite blueberry muffins. Oh, yeah. That's what I ate yeah. before a swim meet. One, because I was nervous. I wanted to perform well and I would get really nauseous. And then after my first event was out of the way, I would be okay and I could eat. Um, and then I would have snacks. I remember, I think at track meets, it was usually like cliff bars before. Um, and then I think in between I would do like peanut butter and jelly if yeah. I had a long time in between events. Um, so I think summer would be a good time to experiment with those things mm -hmm. and, and know that like, okay, I don't necessarily have a competition if like my stomach kind of hurts during my run, it's not the end of the world. Like I can just kind of maybe get in later or get in tomorrow right. because there's not necessarily maybe a set schedule. So I think experimenting with that and maybe some hydration strategies would be good. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing would be to focus on maybe more body composition goals in the summer because during season, and I think this is where sometimes I get frustrated with uh, coaches or other professionals um telling their athletes like during season like oh you would play better if you lost five pounds or you need to put on muscle and then you'll you'd play better well most of the time during season they're again they're already maybe not eating the way that they should they're stressed all of these things are going on and then from the example of oh you'd play better if you lose five pounds and they're going to cut their food and without maybe even knowing how much they're eating in the first place maybe they just put themselves in an even more and higher now, deficit. Now they're playing worse. And right? now they're playing worse. And now they're stressed even and more. And they're stressed even more. And they're like, I'm doing what you told me to do. And now I'm playing worse. What's going on? And they don't have that guidance of a dietitian or somebody that understands uh, to kind of look at it holistically and meet with them and say, well, what are you eating right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you're not playing well because you're not eating enough. Right. Or maybe you're not playing well because you're not sleeping enough. So it it might not be 
that. So I think one in season is not the time to to make those changes. Um, and two, because you're playing so many games and, you know, you're probably stressed with other things, putting on muscle is probably going to be pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible? Yes, but it it's probably not going to be an easy process. Right. You probably have to be very dedicated and intentional with everything you're doing in terms of, you know, how you're spending your time in the weight room, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, how you're recovering, how you're sleeping, what you're drinking. So it's a lot. Yeah. And I think in the summer when we get rid of a lot of that stress and we have a lot more time to focus on sleep habits, it's a lot easier to then make those positive adaptations um, from a body composition perspective. So I think that's the time to really do it is in the off season or in summer. Again, if you're still playing a sport, you're what practicing for maybe upwards of two hours a day, mm-hmm. you still have 22 hours to <laughs> fill with other things. Yeah. Maybe not 20, a whole 22. Yeah. A lot of, at least eight of that needs to be sleeping, but at least eight to 10. But, you know, you still have all that time to dedicate to making those other changes. Right. So, yeah. That's what I got. Well, I, it's just a, a great point of like making those adjustments in the summertime because, look, w- when everyone goes back to school, they're going to lose. Whatever they were doing in the summertime, they're not going to be able to maintain 100% of that, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to lose some percentage of it, right? So how can you hold on to as much as possible by really – just my personal belief, I think as you get closer to school time, mm-hmm. you should start to mimic those hours mm-hmm. that you're going to be in school yeah. and figure out how you would maintain the same level of – um nutrition, how you would maintain the same level of recovery um, that you were getting and just try to set yourself up for success as you get closer. I I mean, in a similar aspect, I remember when I got closer to something where I knew I was going to have to wake up at a certain time, probably weeks before I would start waking up at that time. Yeah. Just so I am ready to go around there. I, I, I don't think I ever stopped waking up at the certain time. Right. Like I, some of it I think was mandatory because of practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I wanted to stay in swimming shape over the summer when I wasn't necessarily practicing with my club team. So I would get up at 4 a.m., go to a practice um, wow. for, I don't know, a couple hours before – not a couple hours, probably an hour and a half. And then I would go coach and then I would run. So I had the same like schedule – because I was waking up at 5 or 5.30 in high school yeah. for school. So I kept the same. In the summertime. Yeah. So I kept the same kind of sleep schedule wow. in the summertime. I guess that, that makes sense. Your parents still had to work in the summertime. So it's not necessarily too much different for them. I was going to say, man, if they woke up early in the summertime just for you to take you to practice at like 5 in the my morning. Dad, yeah, my dad always woke up early. Oh, so he God was either man. awake or he... <laughs> was fine with it. God bless that man. Okay. That's, um, that's incredible. But that's a, the other thing is I, I think one of the worst habits you can get into in that summertime is getting off of a sleep schedule. Yeah. It's sleeping in till like 1030. Yeah. And like it's your, your whole day's gone it. at that yeah. point, you know, yeah, the day is over. Well, I mean, it, it, I, that's in how essence I think. it is, right? Yeah. Because now you have to start your 
quote unquote morning routine, or yeah. you just jump to lunch and then everything's and then you breakfast. Yeah, everything's thrown yeah. off at that point. Yeah, no, even if you're getting eight to ten hours of sleep or, or more than that, it doesn't I I just from a circadian rhythm perspective, right, it, right. it messes things up. Yeah. From a nutrition perspective, it messes things up. So if we're messing with the circadian rhythm, we're messing with the hormones, which by the way, if you haven't listened to our sleep episode, that would be a good one to refer to if right. you want more details about why the circadian rhythm and the wake sleep cycle is really important. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just, from a nutrition perspective, it just really messes up that fueling time. And because of the hormone fluctuations, then, you know, if you're used to doing that for three months, you're not eating breakfast or eating lunch, snack, dinner, and they're all just very large meals, mm -hmm. you go back to school and training and you're not going to be hungry in the morning. So you're not going to eat breakfast. Um, and you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage by the time you get to practice. Yeah. Or by the time the game comes around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just pushes thing off. It pushes everything on a different schedule, whether that's neglecting it or like getting it out of time. And yeah. You just get out of sorts if you get out of that. I'm not saying you have to have this fixed routine every time no. of you do everything exactly the same. Right. But you, but you need to get up and, and get yourself moving for the day so that you can maintain these these healthy habits. Your metabolism is great. You can yeah. get your hormones and your circadian rhythm on the same schedule that you would normally have when you go to school, right? Yeah. Like you don't need to wake up at like 6 a.m. No. every morning, but man, wake but up maybe at like, like 8. eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get up or something, you know? Um, but yeah, like, like we talked about from strength conditioning perspective, summertime is great because you want to get you want to get strong. You've got the time to recover. You want to get fast. You've got a lot of time to try to develop that, or you want to try to get explosive if that's more of your goal, right? You've got a lot of time to recover, and you want to do do that to the extent because you have the time. You have the you have the time to exert, and you have the time to recover. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, you've got the time to focus a little bit more on nutrition now that you're not having to worry about going from class to class. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. But maybe you're going to practice. But anyways, I mean, I think from both of our uh, sides of the coin here, it's it's just a great time to really hone in on things that work for you, mm -hmm. develop a little bit more, whether that's your palate or your performance level, mm -hmm. and then find these habits that work for you that you can maintain throughout the um, – school year or competitive season, you know, when, when things get thrown all out of whack, you've mm -hmm. got, you've got something developed already that you can go back to and rely on. Yeah. I think the last one last thing I wanted to mention is sometimes when we think, or when we talk about habits, especially maybe younger athletes or just, uh, again, maybe athletes that are maybe not used to kind of forming habits on their own. And it's right. more so of, being very good at listening to directions and taking directions. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm somebody that's like this, uh, the book atomic habits can be very helpful in forming some of those, those habits and just giving you a little bit of a better framework and guidelines and instructions of how to take maybe these goals or take these suggestions and put it into action and, and actually make these things habits versus just things I'm doing because somebody on a podcast told me to do them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it just could be a useful resource resource for anybody that's listening. That's like, this is overwhelming. That's a lot of things that I have to do all at once. Atomic habits. Mm -hmm. James clear. There you go. There Look you at go. that resource.
All right, mm-hmm. final segment here, Claire. We talked about this, and we're definitely doing it oh, here. I forgot. No, no, no. You, you won't forget as soon as I tell you about it. Okay. So. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you've already answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Um, top three grocery stores okay. for you. Uh, tell us. Uh, why don't you go three to one? Three to one. And tell okay. us why you like it and why it's in the position it is for you. Okay. So, okay. so top three grocery stores. Claire, I go, can ready to go. Can I give an honorable mention at the end? Yeah, that'll be great. Okay. Uh, honorable mention before you do number one. Okay. okay. Uh, number three is Publix. Um, if you're not in Florida or somewhere where Publix Southeast is. Southeast. Yeah, it could be like a giant, a Safeway. What else? Shoppers. Something like that. You know, like a generic chain grocery store where you go to a town and you see them everywhere. That's Publix. Um, I like Publix. My pharmacy is at Publix. Okay. Um, it has a it has a lot of things. Um, I I think it's affordable. Um, you can utilize a lot of couponing things and resources uh, at Publix. Um, and I think just for a conventional grocery store, it's good. Yeah. Um, Number two is Sprouts mm-hmm. for me. I love Sprouts, and I've actually been doing a lot of my grocery shopping there. Um, Tell us why. So just some maybe like more personal reasons of just trying to like going on a personal like health journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been just trying to pay a little bit more attention of like what I'm putting in my body so I can – monitor the maybe symptoms or outcomes a little bit better. Right. And I find that Sprouts has a lot of good, um, simple ingredient foods, things that don't have a lot of like allergens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of, uh, from like a bath and body perspective, they have a lot of, um, more like non-toxic, low toxic options. Mm-hmm. So things that don't contain a lot of like estrogen, um, replicating things, right. um, estrogen, what do you call them? There's a word for it. I okay. forget. Um, or things that have like PFAs or, um, just chemicals that, that may not necessarily be great for hormones. Um, you mean estrogen blocker? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Estrogen blocker. Um, okay. So you like the the quality? I like the the quality. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the quality of the food and just the other products. Gotcha. Um, Honorable mention: Trader Joe's. Oh man. I I have to say I'm not impressed with the quality of all of their foods. Okay. Um, Any area in particular of the store? In particular. Okay. Them and Costco, I noticed just from a meat perspective, I'm like, meh. I could find this somewhere better. Okay. Um, but I do – I wanted to give an honorable mention because I do like a lot of other things at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I think their produce is cheap, which is nice, gotcha. and it's pretty good. Yeah. And they have fun snacks. Yeah. I think they have a lot of fun yeah. things that you can't really find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun to just go in there and look and see yeah. what they have, yeah. especially around uh, Christmas time. Yep. I like their – dark chocolate covered peppermint jojos those are man those are so good yeah wow um and then number one number one drum roll please wegmans oh wegmans (laughs) i would say wegmans is 
a cross between Sprouts and Trader Joe's. It's got some of the more like um, organic, low tox, non tox stuff from a food and like a bath and body and just cleaning stuff perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has some generic things that you can find in there, like generic brands. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a sprinkle of like Whole Foods and Wegmans too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the bakery just sets it, sets it <laughs> apart. It's so good. And I'm so mad we don't have one here. Yeah, I know. I've only been in one once. Yeah. So it's a good in, list. there's one in near my parents' house in Maryland. And uh, it's just really good. Whenever we wanted to like be fancy or yeah. my dad has a big sweet tooth and he was like, if he's means. like, I want like um, the cookies or cupcakes or fancy donuts or whatever, we would go to Wegmans and that was always fun. Or if we had like an event um, or just like a birthday party, we would get yeah. stuff there. So Love Wegmans, but right now my favorite is Sprouts. I know. Well, that's just because of regionally where you are, right? You you would go to Wegmans if we had them here in Florida. Yeah, if we had one. I might not buy everything there, um, depending on, but I would definitely yeah. go pretty okay. often. It's a good list. It's a yeah. good list. What about you? All right, so my list here. Um, here we go. Going in three, order. Three, two, one. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, number three for me right now is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a regional experience from when I grew up. Number three for me is going to be Walmart, okay? Uh-huh. And the reason being is that uh, I'm from um, Oklahoma, so Walmart started in Arkansas. So obviously there's a big influence from where I, where I live. But um, I think the – obviously you're going to get what you pay for there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can find most things. But one thing I love about it being a grocery store, right, it's a super center. So you can find right. more than just groceries there. And if you have one near you, it's pretty it's pretty convenient to be like, I'll just run to Walmart to get this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's pretty convenient. And yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm kind of used to the store. Uh, I wouldn't say the, I, I love Walmart, but I wouldn't say the quality is always up in the high levels, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part, there's a, a very good selection of uh, name brand stuff. And then obviously they've got their, their yeah. own Walmart brand. Uh, of things as well. So that would be my number three, just because mm-hmm. it's very familiar to me and it's it's convenient, right? Yeah. Uh, my number two is Trader Joe's, okay, which mm-hmm. made your honorable mention. Yep. What I really love about Trader Joe's is something that you talked about. I love the uniqueness of snacks and, mm-hmm. and um, like... Um, even some like frozen food. Yeah, yeah, like frozen mm-hmm. fru- foods and like the pastry products and yeah. like um, just I love the uniqueness to it, right? Where it's like you can only find those at Trader Joe's, yeah. right? That's always great. I think the produce is good. Um, another thing I really like is I lived in Los Angeles for a year and a half and now I'm back in Tampa, right? And I swear the prices were the same. Mm-hmm. So when I was out yeah. in LA, it was like, wow, this is cheap, yeah. right? So it was like, I, I like the fact that I came back to Florida and I was like, these prices are like the yeah. same. You know what's wild about that is there was a Trader Joe's in Annapolis. And when I was growing up, I always, you know, I don't know why, but Annapolis, I think, was kind of associated with like a little bit more high end. Uh-huh. Um, things were more expensive. So we like never went to Trader Joe's because we just, I think my mom was like, it's expensive. It's expensive and we just right? assumed it was expensive. Yeah. but. When I moved to Tallahassee, I would go there and I was like, why am I spending half the amount of money here versus Publix? And right. I'm getting double the stuff. Right. And I called my mom. I was like, 
go to Trader Joe's because it's not as expensive as we thought it was. You're probably right. paying way more at Giant. Yeah. And you can get fun snacks. I know. So anyway. Uh, funny that you talked about the meat section at Trader Joe's. I actually love the shaved steak. Okay. In there. I don't and think I ever bought that. I, I know. And I can't find that at Publix. So mm. um, boom. I love to get the shaved steak from there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the uniqueness, uh, the produce is good. And I think the pricing is consistent across the country, right? Mm -hmm. uh, honorable mention for me is going to be Vaughn's. Hey, all my West Coast people who know what Vaughn's is. When I lived in LA, I lived close to a Vaughn's and it was great. I thought the, uh, it were, it's in the, um, I think it's in the Albertsons family. Also, it's in the Ralph's family as well. And I grew up around an Albertsons, so I'm kind of familiar with like the, the feel of it. But yeah, it was just great. I think they had good deals. Um, yeah, and, and so on. I, it, was a, it was a nice place for mm -hmm. me to go to. Um, all right. And then my number one. <laughs> number one is Publix for me. Okay. Now let me tell you why. Okay. For all my parents out there listening, I'm a big digital couponer, right? So yeah. I've got the couponing apps. I got this little uh, folder on my phone that's got about six or seven. Always got to check them, right? Yeah. So that's <clears throat> Publix has their own app, right? Which has mm -hmm. coupons. So I'm definitely a, a Perks member of Publix. I got the Ibotta app. Yes, 100% got to have that because it gets me money back. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I've and got, you can earn money quick with that one. Oh, if yeah. You, if you, if you buy the right deals, stuff, right? Yeah. You get the right stuff. Um, I've got a coupons.com app, which has good stuff. Uh, Checkout 51, mm, not so many de good deals, but yeah. like it's, it's sometimes you find one that that's good. Um, but one of the great things about Publix, right, is I love the BOGO at Publix. The yeah. buy one, get one free, right? It shuffles around every Thursday. There's a new thing, right? It's it's a new schedule, right? You got to know it's on Thursday. So yeah. if you're going if you on, if, if you want to, you know, catch the last day of the deal, you got to go on Wednesday. But anyways, what's great is that sometimes using all those apps, done this before, the BOGO item is on Ibotta, mm -hmm. right? For multiple, right? Like selection. Yeah. And you can get a coupon, whether it's on coupons.com or uh, through the Publix app as well. So you save like extra money, right? And I found That's that- wild. I know. I found that it typically works at Publix, right? Because uh, uh, going back to like Walmart, yeah, they've got stuff on Ibotta, but Walmart doesn't have the BOGO deals, right. right? So if you can catch it at Publix, more specifically this year, I've noticed it's like cereal, right? Mm. Like especially in August when school was starting, there was like, hey, sale on cereal, right? Like they were really wanting you to get it. Um, and, and peanut butter was on sale a lot too, uh, but like yeah, that I seems to be that. like the things that are on sale the most right now. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so, uh, I, I think the, the food quality is good at Publix. Mm -hmm. Um, they've got a lot of stuff. People are, you know, fairly friendly. Um, it's a nice chain that's, or that's growing and moving to other parts of the country, like, mm -hmm. uh, in Georgia, it's up in North Carolina now. So, I mean, I, 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 I like that it's, you know, getting there. Plus, mm -hmm. Publix has got Greenwise, which is their organic section. They've yeah. got their own grocery store, right? And they've yeah. got their own selection. So not only does Publix have Publix brand, they've got Greenwise, you know, brand, which is organic. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got options there. But I really love it for the couponing aspect. I, I think yeah. that's just great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. on a budget. Yeah, there you go. So I went helpful. from Walmart to Trader Joe's to uh, Publix, right? That was my three to one right there. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got kind of crazy there. Got on a little the crazy. Yeah. But uh, 
I don't know. If you're on YouTube and you want to tell us your favorite grocery stores, go for it. Yeah. Hit us up in the comments, you know, um, or if you want to put it on social media, you know, yeah, that'd be great. Send us a message. Let us know which favorite it is. Uh, also, check out the Ibotta app uh, if you're a parent out there. Couponing is great there. Um, yeah, that's all we have for today. Yeah, that's all we got. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us on social media. Let us know if you're enjoying this. If there's a topic you want us to cover, we'd love to chat. And um, we'll catch you in the next one. See ya.